0: Exodus chapter 12 and verse 5, Exodus chapter 12 and verse 5. Are you ready for this? It does for you what it's done for me in my study. Uh, if this comes across any, anything at all like I have felt it this week, and it's not what I was going to preach Sunday either, uh, when God gave me this, God said, you get to preach this on a Wednesday night. So it's my best to the best tonight. Exodus chapter 12 and verse five. Your lamb shall be, what's the next two words? Without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. You can just jot down Exodus 29.1. And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them that hollow them to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish. Leviticus chapter one and verse three. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. In verse 10 of that same chapter, and if his offerings be of the flocks, namely of the sheep or of the goats for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it a male without blemish. Are you hearing any phrase that sounds common? Leviticus chapter three and verse one. And if his oblation be a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offer it of the herd, whether it be a male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. Verse six of that chapter says, and if his offering for a sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord be of the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. Then in Leviticus chapter four, verse three, if the priest that is anointed to do, anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, then let him bring for his sin, which he hath sinned a young bullock without blemish unto the Lord for a sin offering. Verse 23 of that chapter, or if his sin wherein he hath sinned come to his knowledge, he shall bring his offering a kid of the goats, a male, Without blemish. Verse 28. Or if his sin which he hath sinned come to his knowledge, then he shall bring his offering a kid of the goats, a female without blemish, for his sin which he hath sinned. Verse 32. And if he bring a lamb for a sin offering, he shall bring it a female without blemish. Blemish. Leviticus chapter five and verse 15. If a soul commit a trespass and sin through ignorance in the holy things of the Lord, then he shall bring for his trespass unto the Lord a ram without blemish out of the flocks. Verse 18, and he shall bring a ram without blemish out of the flock with thy estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest. Leviticus chapter six and verse six. And if he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, a ram without blemish out of the flock with thy estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest. Leviticus chapter nine and verse two. And he said unto Aaron, take thee a young calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Without blemish, and offer them before the Lord. And unto the children of Israel thou shalt speak, saying, Take ye a kid of the goats for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both of the first year, without blemish for a burnt offering. Leviticus chapter 14. And on the eighth day he shall take two he lambs without blemish and one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish and three tenths deal of fine flour for a meat offering mingled with oil and one log of oil. In Leviticus chapter 22 and verse 19, you shall offer at your own will a male without blemish of beeves, which is just of a herd, cattle of a herd, of the sheep or of the goats. But whatsoever he hath, hath, whatsoever hath a blemish, that shall ye not offer, for it shall not be acceptable for you. And whosoever offereth a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish his vow, or a freewill offering in beeves or sheep, it shall be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no blemish therein. The Bible also says, "And you shall offer that day when you wave the sheaf and and he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord." In also Numbers chapter six and verse fourteen. And he shall offer his offering unto the Lord, one he lamb of the first year without blemish for a burnt offering, and one ewe lamb for the first year without blemish for a sin offering, and one ram without blemish for peace offerings. Numbers chapter 19 and verse two. This is the ordinance of the law which God hath commanded, saying, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came yoke. In Numbers chapter 28 and verse 19, but you shall offer a sacrifice made by fire for a burnt offering unto the Lord, two young bullocks and one ram and seven lambs of the first year. They shall be unto you without blemish. Verse 31, you shall offer them beside the continual burnt offering and his meat offering. They shall be unto you without blemish and their drink offerings. Also, if you'll turn to Numbers 29 and verse two, if you'll jot it down, and you shall offer a burnt offering for a sweet savor unto the Lord. One young bullock, one ram, and seven lambs of the first year without blemish. Same chapter, verse eight, but you shall offer a burnt offering unto the Lord for a sweet savor. One bullock, one ram, and seven lambs of the first year. They shall be unto you without blemish. In verse 13, and you shall offer a burnt offering of sacrifice made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. 13 young bullocks, two rams, and 14 lambs of the first year. They shall be without blemish. Verse 20. And on the third day 11 bullocks, two rams, 14 lambs, the first year without blemish. Verse 23. And on the fourth day 10 bullocks, two rams, and 14 lambs of the first year without blemish. Verse 29. And on the sixth sixth day 8 bullocks, two rams, and 14 lambs of the first year without blemish. Verse 32. And on the seventh day 7 bullocks, two rams and 14 lambs of the first year without blemish. But you shall offer a burnt offering, a sacrifice made by fire of sweet savor unto the Lord, one bullock, one ram, seven lambs of the first year without blemish. Do you see a common phrase there? In Deuteronomy chapter 17, and if there be any, one of you in the 21st verse, if there be any blemish therein, as if it be lame or blind or have any ill blemish, thou shalt not sacrifice it unto the Lord. In Deuteronomy also chapter 17, verse one, thou shalt not sacrifice unto the Lord thy God any bullock or sheep wherein is blemish or any evil favoredness, for that is an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Ezekiel chapter 43, three in verse 22. And on the second day, thou shalt offer a kid of the goats without blemish for a sin offering and they shall cleanse the altar. And as they did cleanse it with the bullock, verse 23, when thou hast made an end of cleansing it, thou shalt offer a young bullock without blemish and a ram of the flock without blemish. Verse 25, seven days shalt thou prepare every day a goat for a sin offering. They shall also prepare a young bullock and a ram out of the flock without blemish. In Ezekiel chapter 45 and verse 18, thus saith the Lord God in the first month, in the first day of the month, thou shalt take a young bullock without blemish and cleanse the sanctuary. Verse 23, and seven days of the feast, he shall prepare a burnt offering to the Lord, seven bullocks and seven rams without blemish. And the Bible says uh, also in Ezekiel, in, in Ezekiel chapter 46 and verse four, And the burnt offering that the prince shall offer unto the Lord in the Sabbath day shall be six lambs without blemish and a ram without blemish. In the sixth verse and in the day of the new moon, it shall be a young bullock without blemish and six lambs and a ram, they shall be without blemish. Ezekiel chapter 46 and verse 13. Thou shalt daily prepare a burnt offering unto the Lord of a lamb of the first year without blemish, thou shalt prepare it every morning. Some of you just read more Bible than you'll read all month. I'm not being critical, but if I was going to ask you, what do you think I'm gonna preach on tonight? Wrong. Wrong. Because normally that's where my focus would go. And I didn't do that to deceive you. I'm just saying there's two things that are perfectly clear in the word of God. Some things are not up for debate. God required a sacrifice. In everything that I read, God required the blood as an atonement. In every situation, willful sin, unknown sin, Sins that others have accused you of, sins of a nation, sins of a priest, sins of a leader, all of it, regardless of what the sin was, the trespass, whether it be for peace, whether it be to bring unity, whether it be for forgiveness, it was always a sacrifice of the blood. Second of all, it had to be a sacrifice without blemish. Had to be without blemish. So God instituted this sacrificial system to say it will take a sacrifice and it has to be without blemish for God to accept it. There's two things you'll notice. If it is without blemish, there must be a difference in the flock because if there are lambs and goats and bullocks and turtle doves, without blemish, apparently there must be all of those things also with blemish. So God in the Old Testament instituted a sacrificial system that God said it had to be without blemish to be accepted. So to be without blemish, it became the job of the shepherd. Because the shepherd knew the sheep. And then once that the sheep or the offering was passed on to the individual, it became the job of the individual that was offering the sacrifice. To look at the sacrifice, to look at the lamb, and to say, first of all, by first appearance publicly, it's without blemish. That means if you just scan it over, there's nothing wrong with it. But the Lord said, I'm not stopping there. You're gonna have to take the lamb in. And first of all, as a shepherd, don't you ever pass along a lamb that has a blemish wrongfully to someone because it needs to be their sacrifice. He required it without blemish. So then they take it into their home. They examine it. The shepherds examined it for days. It's up to a year old. He's watched it for a year, but by looking at it, it could look fine. But when you take the lamb into your home, you find out it's sick. You separate the wool and you find out it's got scars. You look at the hoof and you find out it's been split. You look at its ear and something's bit a portion of its ear off. That's not without blemish. You realize it's blind in one eye. You can't say is without blemish. But God required a perfect sacrifice. Now, here's the thought that crossed my mind. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? I will close the book up and go home. If you're not ready, are you ready for it? Apparently, there was fewer unblemished sheep, perfect sheep than there were blemished sheep. What does the shepherd do with the blemished sheep? What does he do? There's more of them than there are perfect lambs. So what does he do with the ones that are blemished? What does he do with wounded sheep? What does he do with sick sheep? What does he do with injured sheep? What does he do with scarred sheep? What does the shepherd do with sheep that's over a year old? What does he do with the sheep that don't meet the requirements of perfection as set aside in God's law. What does he do with wounded sheep? Now let's get this right. I know you may want to say otherwise, but I will say this and clarify it. There's nobody in this church that's perfect. Don't you dare nod your head at me like you are. I'll ask your wife. I'll ask your kids, I'll ask your husband. None of us are perfect. We're in the flock. Thank God we've got a shepherd, but none of us are perfect. None of us could have been offered. None of us, our life couldn't save anybody. Our blood couldn't atone anyone. There hasn't been any perfect sheep. What does the shepherd do with wounded sheep? I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. What does he do with those that are wounded? And this is the thought God gave me. When he would examine that lamb and say, I'm sorry, you've got a limp. You've got a flaw. You've got something imperfect. You may not have even caused it yourself. You're wounded. Do you know what you got for being perfect? You got to die. The perfect lamb died. But he said to the lambs, the majority of them imperfect, Do you know what you get for being imperfect? You get to live. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think everybody in here just a minute ago, when I said are there any perfect people in here, I think we were all in agreement that we're not perfect. We come into this place tonight and we've got wounds on us. There's scars on us. Some have come in with sickness. Some of us realize what the scars are, what the problems are. But the Lord says, as wounded lambs, the good news is you don't have to die. There was a perfect lamb that died so that you get to live. And if there's ever anything that ought to make us shout tonight, it's the fact that the shepherd loves wounded lambs. He loves lambs with a blemish. He still keeps lambs that aren't perfect inside the flock. He still says, I love you. And the good news is you don't have to die. You don't have to die. When sheep get to come to church? When sheep get to pray to the Lord? Where did sheep get fed by the master, the shepherd of the flock? Where did sheep get to sing in the choir? Where did sheep get to preach the gospel? Where did sheep get to teach Sunday school? Where did sheep get to tell others about Jesus? Thank God he loves us enough that we're still part of the flock. What does he do with blemished sheep? He loves us and he keeps us in the flock. Even when we know we're not perfect. See, that's where the devil thought he'd won out. When man sinned and the first woman sinned, the blemish was there. We're all marked by it. We've all got scars on us. There's all things that have happened in our life that serve as reminders that we're not perfect. And the devil said, there'll never be a perfect one come. For 4,000 years, he didn't worry about it until one night in Bethlehem, a lamb was born. And he wasn't touched by the things that you and I are touched by. He was born of a virgin. And he said, I'm gonna watch him. And as he watched him, he realized what was happening from the moment that all of heaven came down and the angelic host began to praise him and shepherds in the field gathered from where they were at to worship him and wise men came bringing him gifts, Hell had a problem, finally a perfect lamb had come. They searched his life over for three and a half years. They watched everything that he did. They listened to every word that he said. They watched every motive that he had. They tried to trip him up with the law. They tried to confuse him. They tried to turn him astray. Satan tried to tempt him and to get him to turn, but he was the perfect lamb, and the perfect lamb came and gave his life, and he died so that now he can say, because I died, you get to live. We're not perfect. But here's the strange thing. We're not perfect. But the Bible expressly states, in his eyes, we are. We know we're not. We know we're scarred. We know there's wrong but you can't ignore the fact that Jesus came. The Bible says that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He said, I look at the church and see the church without blemish. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. We just all confess to the fact We're wounded, we're scarred, we're not perfect. Maybe I'm getting this wrong, you know, but I I venture to say there's a lot of people here not got issues. In fact, some of you got so many issues, I think you got a subscription for it. (laughs) What I don't understand, is the fact that even though we've got all of these issues, the Lord comes and says, I see you perfect. The Bible says, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and spot, he was offered for us to bring us in. And tonight, some of you, with what you just heard, it should have put you on your feet. Let me put it this way. If I told you the local pizza shop had to buy one, get one free. Some of you be more excited over that than the fact that you're, you're not perfect, but he still lets you in. it don't cost you dying dime to be saved and therefore you're saying since it didn't cost me anything you forget what it cost him it cost him everything to bring us into the flock and he says you remember if you're part of this you're here Jesus said because he loves you and he died for you and without him we had no hope and now through him through him he views the church perfect through him. Yes. Amen. Well, preacher, you really believe the Bible says that we're perfect? The Bible teaches positionally, we have perfection. Now, don't throw me out before I finish, I'm about done. I've gone longer than I meant to. Your perfection Is part of your past if you're saved. It's part of your past. It's part of your present. It's part of your future. I'm not making it up. I'll give you the word for it. If you listen to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14, he says, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. He hath perfected past tense. He did that. He perfected forever them that are sanctified. He did it in your past. In Ephesians 4.11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. For perfecting, that's present. Our past perfected are present, perfected. And then he goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter five and verse 10, "But but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect. He made us perfect, he's making us perfect, and he will make us perfect. In other words, when he looks at us through Christ, positionally you're perfect in your past. Presently and practically, you're perfect in the present. Prophetically, you're perfect in the future. The perfection is not in us. We just admitted to us. We all admitted to it. Is there anyone here in our own eyes? We're perfect. No. But yet he doesn't look through our eyes. He looks at us through Christ in you. That's not a license for you to live ungodly. That's not a license for you to turn your back on him. That's not a license for you to forsake everything that's in his word. All he's saying is, is that in Christ, he sees us through Christ and through Christ, it is perfected and the key to all of it is, it's Christ, the lamb, the perfect lamb that died. Not me, not you, it's Jesus. So what does he do with blemished lambs? Thank God, he loves us and he keeps us. Instead of dying on a cross, we get to go to green pastures. Instead of thirsting on a cross, we get to drink by still waters. Oh, I'm about to have a fit. He died for us. No wonder we ought to leave this place tonight and say, Boy, the devil better watch out tomorrow. Because I still got a limp, but I'm in the flock. I still got a scar, but I'm in the flock. I'm still sick, but I'm in the flock. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you in the flock? Some of you have been struggling with this because you feel like you'll never be able to do enough. That's not a sign that you shouldn't try to do. But in our greatest attempts, it's still feeble. Compared to what he's done. That's why we have to depend on him.